This is the Fantasy Nightcap, a Fantasy Nightcap production with your host, Shane. Kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome into the Fantasy Nightcap. Grab a drink, kick back, and relax. I am not your normal bartender. I'm Eric. Uh, with me tonight is your normal bartender, Shane. He's the host of the Fantasy Nightcap. Shane, how's it going tonight? Man, I'm great. Uh, you and I talked about this, I guess, a, a month ago, roughly, when we were doing a, a Dynasty wide receiver and tight end episode, I believe, and uh, figured we would jump into some Dynasty rankings and my specific Dynasty rankings in the model that I've created, if you will. So, uh, yeah, tonight, y'all. Eric will be uh, driving this ship and uh, pouring the drinks, and uh, I'll be the guest in in theory. So, y'all kick back and let's have some fun. But yeah, Eric, I, I am gonna do my normal duty. But go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I'm I'm driving. So everyone, please buckle up. And this is a lesson for anyone out there that might be watching or guesting on podcasts. If you steer the host off of their topic of discussion enough. They'll probably ask you to come back and talk about that topic in much greater detail. <laughs> this is this is the the result of me being off topic while we were trying to talk about tight ends five or six weeks ago. Yeah, but it was good discussion, and that's kind of why we we wanted to dive into this. So I'm ready. Let's All go. right. Before we do that, though, you guys know the question: What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking some ranch water. One of my favorites, basically a uh, take on a margarita that doesn't have the margarita mix or the triple sec in it. It is uh, tequila, it is club, and it is a healthy amount of lime. I didn't have lime, so I went lemons, Um, but it is one of my favorite summertime go-tos. Very nice. What kind of tequila did you use? Because on the nightcap, we are tequila snobs. That is a great question. I use whichever one of my bottles was down to the nearest of the bar. <laughs> we, um, we're bad in our bar. We've got like, I'd say probably 50% of our bar are bottles that have maybe a fifth or less remaining in it. <laughs> so whenever whenever I'm hurriedly pouring a drink, it's usually whichever bottle I can, I can kill. I'm yep. not sure which one it was. All right. Well, we'll have to find that out later. I may put it in the uh, the show notes for this. Um, it's funny, Eric and I were talking pre-show and he mentioned that he was drinking ranch water and I was like, what is that? And he's like, it's basically a margarita without the, the margarita mix and triple sec. And I was like, well, that's funny because I'm drinking a margarita tonight. Um, and I used, and I am not ashamed to say this. I used Nick Jonas's tequila. It's called Via oh. one. Um, and it's very good. Um, it's kind of, I was talking with a, a bartender this weekend. Um, it's kind of like a mezcal cause it's kind of got a woody, kind of smokier hint to it than an, a normal tequila. But I think part of that too is probably because Nick Jonas is a type one diabetic. So he has to kind of tone down the sugar, um, but Ooh. it's still really sweet. So I, I really enjoy it. And it makes a phenomenal margarita. Like, I don't know, like I don't necessarily love drinking it straight, but it is the, it's my go-to if I've got it for a margarita. That's awesome. Yeah. We were, we were talking back show uh, backstage before the show, uh, and I was telling you about a uh, tequila and mezcal bar we went to mm-hmm. in 
Vegas, and they made a fantastic mezcal old fashioned. Ooh. It was basically like uh, it was it was all of the typical ingredients of a, of an old fashioned, but it had uh, like some coffee and some caramel liqueur in there nice. to give it a bit more of that bourbon flavor. Mm-hmm. It was trouble. I probably went through <laughs> a good half dozen of those in an hour. Or so goodness, um, yeah, yeah. Shout out to a, a local restaurant here called Monkey Wrench. It's a barbecue joint. And we actually went there this weekend for my daughter's birthday. Um, but they have made the best old fashioned I think I've ever had. It was oh, phenomenal. Um, I actually didn't get one. I got a beer and a, a margarita. But um, their old fashioned is is oh, just I, I can't even describe it. It's just perfectly perfectly made. So true. All right, sir. I'm I'm giving the keys to you. Here you go. Yeah, Let's rock I, I've, I've, I feel like every bartender has extra pressure on them whenever one of their colleagues or another bartender is at their bar. So yeah, I'll probably drink my way through this one. Um, but right off the top, the million dollar question, do you even rank, bro? We're going to go through <laughs> uh, Shane's ranking models and really talk about the importance of ranking, about how this came to be, how he uses it as sort of an evergreen tool. So maybe right off the top, Shane, tell everyone what it is that your dynasty rankings are and and why they're important to you. Yeah, so for me, my dynasty rankings are a compilation of the rankings that I've always had in my head. Like people would ask me like trade values and things like that on Twitter um, before I had made this. And it was like, yeah, I think this person's about this and this person's about this. So really what this was... it. Uh, culmination of getting it on paper or paper because it's a spreadsheet. So what I was trying to do was get my thoughts on paper and fine tune it to where I could actually say, okay, I rank, I have this player here and I have this player here and know how to value them when it came to trading and, and drafting and things like that, especially in dynasty leagues. Solid. So, you have shared your model with me. Um, it is quite complex, um, at least at least at first glance. I'm sure once you get in there and work with it, far easier to own and operate than it is to kind of uh, absorb uh, upon first reading it. But my my first question is this: Is this kind of the form that your dynasty rankings have always taken, or is this iterated over the course of time? Yeah. So my dynasty rankings are only about two years old. And so this is the form that they've always been in. I've made different tweaks throughout it, uh, whether that be adding columns or changing the weights, different things like that. And I want it to be kind of like a, a living, breathing document, again, in air quotes, if you will, where it, I, it just fine tunes over time. Solid. So in terms of that, that first iteration, um, you know, what was it that you were trying to capture in uh, in putting this down on digital paper? What were sort of the the foundational things that you used as a starting point? Uh, my my hope is that for those that are listening and watching out there that have thought about making their own rankings, we can maybe provide them kind of a, a paint by numbers sort of approach. So, what were the things that you know from the get go you you knew that you wanted to have in there? Um, as, as you were building this out. Yeah. And 
that's a really great question. And while I'm thinking about it, I'm going to go ahead and share this, share my screen so we can actually look at them. That question is so multifaceted just because like there's different, it's nuanced, I think by position. I wanted different positions to have different emphasis on different skill sets. Um, I think the, the basis for this was kind of my film evaluation, I think is what started it is like I had my idea of what these players could do on film. And that was kind of the, the subjective, if you will, basis for where I had them ranked in my head, I think. And so that's what started it off. And so like with quarterbacks, I think the main thing that I wanted to focus on was ultimately it ended up, I think, being able to be a consistent producer at the position, but also still have the ability to kind of blow up. Um, so it rewards those 40-point games from like a Jalen Hurts because he runs for three touchdowns or something like that. But And that was the other thing is I wanted to – I know how – consensus kind of looks at rushing quarterbacks in fantasy. So I wanted to have that in there, but I didn't want to make it too important. I still wanted the passing aspect of the quarterback be important enough in the model. And that's kind of, I think that ultimately answers your question too, Eric, is I wanted balance across the different positions. So specifically on that last area, right? You, you mentioned, how how ECR tends to treat rushing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Is that just sort of a philosophical difference where maybe you don't put as much of a premium on a mobile quarterback and you wanted a set of rankings that represented that sort of valuation? Or um, yeah. were, were you really just looking to kind of have something to bounce your, uh, you know, your listed out rankings off of? It was probably somewhere in the middle, to be honest. Uh, I enjoy, I won't say, I, I don't enjoy being like completely against consist- consensus. Like there's a reason it's consensus. Uh, I just think from my personal quarterback evaluation, the type of quarterback I enjoy watching more is one that's going to be able to sling it hmm. and and throw it 40 times a game, score 40 40 fantasy points because they've got three touchdowns and 400 yards. Um, I, but that's where kind of what you mentioned with bouncing it against ECR is I know that the rushing side is still important in fantasy. And so that's where I wanted to balance those weights. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes makes sense. sense. Yeah. Um, Looking at, so you've, you've got the, you've got the QB tab pulled up right now Mm -hmm. and Looking at it, I mean, you know, uh, uh, understanding that each of these different categories is a one to five scale, um, one being sort of the lowest, five being the highest. There are a good number of guys that are above average, right? There's a good good chunk mm-hmm. of guys that are kind of, you know, three and a quarter, three and a half uh, total weighted average or higher. For me, that that feels like it's it is a bit of a step removed from ECR, right? Like yeah. generally it seems like there's uh, a bit more of a cliff between tiers in ECR. Yeah. And here it feels like it's 
pretty evenly spread out. Um, so, you know, I, I guess specifically looking at the QB rankings in particular, um, you know, was was that outcome part of the design? Was that always the case? Was it the result of, you know, some tweaking that you've done over the years as as you've gotten more and more acclimated to this tool? Eric, you just did something that if my uh, my coworker Sue was listening, she'd laugh at me right now. You asked me a multi-part question. I know I we're both in that. sales. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One well, question. I, at a I time. just I just hate it because my ADHD can't handle it. It's like, where do I start to answer? Uh, I, I so I'm gonna answer this as best as I can. I don't think that is. I don't think that was the initial goal. I think what has caused it to be that way is tweaking those custom weightings to get this to look like what it's always been like in my head. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I'm going to take you back or rather I'm going to stay in that kind of day, day zero time frame. Okay. Um, one thing that I've found as I've, I've played with ranking models myself is that, I love to go through the exercise of before building anything out, just straight out of my head, rank all of the positions or all the players in a position one Mm -hmm. to 35 or 50 or hundred, depending on the group. Did you do that before you built out this model? And were there any areas that were significant? uh, There were significant discrepancies from kind of what you have in this more quantified approach, as opposed to just, where you thought these players should sit in a you know top to bottom list. Yeah, hundred percent did that when I started. Um, I didn't have the custom weighting to kind of give me that that kicked out number at the end, and I also didn't have fantasy points per game when I first started. Specifically, with, well, with all positions, but specifically with the quarterback, since that's what we're looking at right now. I did not have those factors, so it was truly it was fully subjective at this point. There wasn't any kind of numbers of because the grades that i had in each column were one just my own that were in my head um of kind of what i thought they should be so as it's developed is where i've again fine-tuned it added the custom weighting added different columns like weapons i think i added in and fantasy points per game were the two specifically for quarterbacks that i added in to kind of help quantify it a little more like we talked about yeah, so, did that so looking, that question? it 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 did, and and looking at those those categories, um, you know, we've we've both said uh, you know uh, quantify now a couple of times, but some of these categories are uh, a, a bit qualitative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, under passer, elite, very good, average, below average, and gross, which. I just absolutely love uh, the idea of uh, just begrudgingly giving someone a one in any category and it yeah. being equated with grossness just makes me smile about the idea of ranking players. Uh, yeah. But in those areas, right, uh, passer, rusher, um, weapons, right, those those are a bit more qualitative. Or are there kind of behind-the-scenes statistics or benchmarks that you're looking at as kind of the cutoff points between those different uh, those different grades in the in the various categories initially no so when i've hey fantasy nightcap listeners this is ff shane b here giving you guys a quick ad for newsly newsly is an audio app for ios and android it picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice 
For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable, all in one place. You can browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling, start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, like us, science, to Bitcoin, or even the Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And they have podcasts as well, which is where we come into play. So explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries. Our podcast, Fantasy Nightcap, is there too. I started using it as my default podcast app, and you should too. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description and use promo code FNC Podcast. That's with a zero, not an O, and receive a one-month free premium subscription. Have a great day and join Newsly. Very like the first iteration of this, absolutely not. It okay. was straight subjective. And now? Now, in year two, I've I'm so tired of using this word. Um, I've specified it. We'll use that. Okay. To where certain categories, I think rushing specifically for quarterbacks, is a little more quantitative, where it's a set of rushing yards that I'm looking for. I think I did rushing yards per game even to kind of come up with a number of like, okay, these. So, and here's how I kind of like breaking it down on, on the scale, if you will, like five for me. You've got to be top five in that category. Okay. When it comes to something that's more qualitative, like fantasy points per game, once I added in that kind of rushing aspect to it, um, you got to be top five. So that's typically where elite falls in. Then uh, what is four? Is it just very good? Yeah, very, very good. So four is typically six to 12. So that's the rest okay. of your positional. This was my next question. QB ones. Yeah. Keep going. Absolutely. And then three, I want it to be average. So I want that to be a fairly large chunk of people, but still be, but still like it's not going to hurt you in the model. It's not going to necessarily blow you up in the model either, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two and one is typically like I'm looking at passer specifically right now. And I don't know if I have any two. I think I have a two and a half for Jalen Hurts right now that I'm looking at for passing, which I could probably technically bump that up to a three, but we're going to leave it at two and a half. Um, but like two is typically that next set that's like just under your average set of people. And then one is anywhere where it's just, it's the bottom of the barrel. Like specific, I, I really like the one for like points per game because I've got my threshold of like 9.9 yeah. points per game and lower is a one, I think for pretty much every position. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And hearing you, you talk about this, I mean, I, I can't help but laugh because you're, you're giving guys half points, right? So like you've got yeah. these, you've got these and firm what's uh, funny? You know, tear breaks, but then that you kind of grade on a curve a little bit. That, so I think on the show sheet, you actually have a question where, and I think it's in, it's technically in the next round, but we'll, we'll go ahead and discuss it. Um, Crushing this bartender thing. No, it, it's fine. But uh, so I think you asked like 
on the show sheet, essentially how, how do you make changes or like what makes you make changes, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And do, and I think the, the question thing, it was like, do you take it at face value or do you make tweaks to make it match your, your head? And it's, it's a hundred percent. I will make certain tweaks to make it match in my head more. Like I was actually updating it this past weekend and we're going to jump over to wide receivers real quick. So right at uh, wide receiver 15, I've got Darnell Mooney. And his opportunity right now is a four. I bumped it up to a five just to see what would happen. And it moved him all the way up to dynasty wide receiver five. And I wasn't comfortable with that. So I changed it back to a four because I like him at dynasty wide receiver 15. I think that's a fair spot for Mooney. It's against consensus, I think. It's higher than consensus, probably. But I like him there. With the other scores in my model, I'm okay with him being at wide receiver 15. Wide receiver 5, you're a little... You haven't proven yourself enough yet, Mooney. (laughs) So, I I think that kind of answers a a question that you had later for me. Is kind of like, how do you tweak it? And that's... I hope that answers it. So what's what's funny is I was I was actually looking at the show sheet as you mentioned me jumping ahead a little bit, and you touched on all three of the questions that we had lined up for the second round in one way or another. Um, but I I want to I want to stick with with Mooney specifically. You know, as we're here in the wide receiver tab, mm-hmm. when you say opportunity, mm-hmm. do you mean kind of straight line? Um, you know, either average or expected number of targets, or do you mean opportunity share in their offense? That's depending on how you answer that question, I think you might need to change our guy Darnell Mooney's number. Yeah, well, and honestly, it's not one that I've quantified yet. It's not one yeah. that I've I've made more numerical, um, just yet. It. It's one that I probably could pretty easily, but I hadn't had the time to do that yet. <laughs> Just being transparent. Um, no, I, and that's a good question. Can you, sorry, it's been a long, like three weeks. Can you re- <laughs> Can you repeat the question for me? Yeah. So the question specifically was for the opportunity category. Is that straight line number of targets? So, how many uh, quantifiable opportunities to catch the ball this player will have? Or is it more of a share metric to say that this player is going to get 25% of targets on their team or 18% or whatever it might be? I think it is more closely related to a share okay. percentage. All right. Which is why when I was playing with it, I wanted to bump it up to five. But again, because of the model that bumped them up too high. And so I've, I've been working on, on tweaking it to see how I can, can make that work. Cause I, I do think honestly, he should be at a five because there, it's him and Cole Komet when it comes to target share in, in Chicago, but it's a new offense. So we don't really know what that's going to look like. And that's going to be my excuse for why I'm leaving it at a, at a four as well. Uh, sir, Byron Pringle would like to have a word with you. Byron, okay, it's funny that you <laughs> mentioned that. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead you somewhere that you didn't mean to go. Okay, if if it leads me to Byron Pringle, I always mean to go there. 
Oh, whatever. Okay, so average separation is one of the columns that I have for wide receiver. Shout out to Eagle Dan, Dan Turner. He wrote an article when he was with Player uh, Player Profile, Roto Underworld, talking about average target separation as an advanced metric. I absolutely loved that article. Could not get enough of it. And so, ever since then, I have baked it into my rankings model. And that is what our average separation column is. Is okay. I've created a scale, obviously, of where people fall. And that's where, like, if you're looking at when we, we post this, you'll see the columns. Average separation work. And I think I've got 2021 and 2020 because those are the two years that I've done done the rankings. So basically that's just the actual number of yards that they had of average separation per target. And then the scale pops out the average separation column. So Darnell Mooney's a four. And I think if I remember correctly off of his number, which was 1.96 in 2021, he was number 11, I think. So number one was Jerry Judy in 2021. Number two was Byron Pringle. My man. So there's your tie-in. Um, there's there's a lot of things to touch on there. Um, before we get too far away from the original point, um, I actually – so you and I are alike in that we are both higher on Darnell Mooney than consensus. Yeah. But when you were saying that uh, you think about opportunity as a share metric instead of mm -hmm. a volume metric yep. and you wanted to move Mooney – to five, I actually disagree with you there. If it okay. was a uh, if it was a straight line volume metric, I think it mm -hmm. should be five. But I do think with them drafting a wide receiver this year, with them bringing in Byron Pingle, however much of the butt of the joke we want to bring, we want, we want to make him. Uh, uh, St. Brown is there now. Another year of development for Cole Komet. I actually think that we see Darnell Mooney's opportunity share decrease this year but we see his number of targets either remain the same or increase as Justin Fields is allowed to throw the ball more than 13 times a game. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting kind of intersection that you clicked on his name specifically, because so I think his share will go down. I think, I think Fields here's is going to distribute to that more. Is none of those guys really scare me? Yeah. To, except Komet. Komet is the one guy that I think could eat into Darnell Mooney's share. But Allen Robinson is gone. And the other guy, and I know Allen Robinson had a terrible year. We're going to chalk that up to the Matt Nagy effect. But other than that, the other guys that they've brought on are jags to me. Like, they're not, I don't think they the guys that they've brought in will are talented enough to eat into Darnell Mooney's share. I, I mean, think I think they're ceiling like seriously. I think the ceiling of any of the guys that you just listed, Valus Jones, Byron Pringle, Equinemius St. Brown. I feel like there was one more other than Komet. Their ceiling is maybe a wide receiver three. And I don't think that affects Mooney. Yeah, I guess the the thing that I'm kind of getting at, I'm I'm 
actively struggling for the Jags that were on this team last year, right? I, mean, I know, right? Obviously, I Alan, Hakeem Alan Grant Robinson's was one. Um, Hakeem Grant had that crazy. I think it was a Thursday God, night game or that Sunday made me night so game. So mad. Um, Why? But my 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 thought is in general, another year in the NFL. Uh, certainly a more capable coaching staff than what Matt Nagy was leading there. I think that we're going to see two things out of field. I think, I think we're going to see him not only throw more, but also distribute the ball more. So yeah, that's fair. Mooney could very well end up with roughly another 140 or 150 targets, but yeah. his share of those targets could go down uh, just as at least I am bullish on the development of Justin Fields in, in year two. So yeah, um, it was, sense. it was a really interesting name for you to click on. Um, cause well, I, I think he's, he's one of those just one, kind of I mean, he, he, he fit into the discussion that we were having perfectly. And he's also one that I know, like in, in the model, like he's probably higher than most people have him. And I know it's because part of it is because of that average separation stat. Like that, that is really important to me. Yeah. So sticking with that stat, um, we had really no intention to go quite this deep into some of these categories, but I, I think, I think there's a lot of stuff that's notable here. With these two columns sitting right next to each other, average separation mm-hmm. for 2020 and 2021, mm-hmm. I'm noticing a lot of guys have some pretty wild variants one year over the yes. other. Um, I mean, you look at Justin Jefferson, 1.8 yards average separation in 2020, 1.53 in 2021, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Deontay Johnson, right, right above Darnell Mooney, yep. 1.89 last year, 1.18 in 2020. Is oh, there anything the- to to actually you know take away from that, or is that just um, you know kind of the ebbs and flows of of one season over the next? I th- I don't have enough data yet to really know that the the answer to that. Um, it's f- for like those two or three that we pick. So like Justin Jefferson, I'm going to chalk that up to him being a rookie and people not knowing how damn good he was in 2020 and then in 2021 he probably got hit with a little harder coverage than he usually does yeah then if we go down to Deontay Johnson he had a huge jump but I think that we probably chalk up to their offense and the fact that Big Ben can't couldn't throw the ball deep enough so they yeah. had to get the ball to Deontay Johnson. So he had to have decent separation to get open quickly enough for Big Ben to get him the ball. So two two things to, to note there. One question, uh, one clarification. This average separation metric, is that on receptions exclusively or is that on all targets? I do not know the answer to that question. Okay. Um, to your point on Deontay Johnson – and specifically it being a defense's reaction to the offense or the capability or lack thereof of his quarterback. Um, If you look down at number 24, Jerry Judy, the leader in average separation Mm -hmm. last year, also might have, at least at a quick glance, one of the biggest year-over-year increases. And I'm sure, much like the case of Deontay Johnson, is defenses looking at that quarterback and saying, yeah, he can't get it to him. We can give this guy yeah. a bit more room and go bracket someone else in the middle of the field, right? Yes. My only addition to that is I do think Jerry Judy is probably one of the best route runners in the league. 
already. Yeah. And also I fair. think that's what, right. what contributes to that as well. Yeah. Which is why that's one of, so that's the motive, the internal motivation for having this status. The type of receivers that I, the type of receivers I like to watch are the T Higgins, the big guy, big athletic guys that are going to go up and get the ball. But the guys that I know have succeeded as fantasy wide receivers are the guys that are going to separate and get open. Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, those guys are the ones that we continually see consistent production from because they're always freaking open. And so that was kind of my motivation behind it was to help find who are the true best route route runners in the NFL. Oh, man, there's there's something to, to pick apart here. <laughs> Maybe this will this will be part two of this show. Um, but at least a sample of six guys looking across Denver and Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. all six of those guys saw their average separation increase from 2020 to 2021. Um, and that, I mean, the, the story I'm telling myself is that is the result of some sort of defensive adjustment. And I want to sign off from bartending duty and go double click on some spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I think, I think there is some real interesting and valuable data points into dissecting why there's so much year over year variance and what it can tell us about the year to come. Yeah, no, that's a great like, point. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If like these Denver guys that all saw their average separation increase so last year, yeah, I think it's the other way. I could I could see defenses playing to defend the pass more and mm-hmm. having tighter coverage on these wide receivers with old uh, old beard belly Russell Wilson out there in Denver. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. There are some guys that have been super consistent, and sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Like uh, I think DK. Where are you, DK? Thirty. Yeah, he has thirty. Okay, no, he actually dropped some. Um. There's one person on here. I can't remember who it is, but they're – oh, here's a good one. DJ Moore, 1.63 in 2020, 1.59 in 2021. Like that's – other than the one player, and I can't remember who it is, that had the exact same separation year over year um, is uh, – oh, here's another one, Antonio Brown. <laughs> and then Jarvis Landry. 1.57 2020, 1.62 in 2021. So there are some guys who don't vary very much. Yeah. And I, I think about those names. I mean, you know, Antonio Brown's a punchline now, but you know, those those guys not named Antonio Brown that you brought up were in pretty consistent situations and circumstances in 2020 and in 2021. So um if nothing else, I hope what this highlights is that putting in the time and the effort to build out something like this is not only an investment that is going to yield a more accurate and in your mind, a defendable set of rankings, but it's also going to yield some really interesting questions and prompt you to think critically about how it is you're ranking these people. um, You know, how you get to these determinations that you did as demonstrated by Shane and I spending 15 minutes talking about, year-over-year differences in, in average separation. So yeah. I, want to get us, well, I want to get us back to the, the show sheet here well, in a before minute. You, uh, before thought. you do that, that, 
I feel like this is a good time to talk about the question that you asked me over text message today, which is if we go look at the age column for quarterbacks right here, a five is 20 years old to 28 years old. And that's the biggest chunk. And then right. it's, I can't see that now. I got to click back over here. 29 to 32, 33 to 36, 37 to 40 and 40 plus. Are you going to start doing fractional points for Tom Brady when he's playing at 53? No, I'm going to. 0.25. I'm going to put a giant like curse word for like, I'm just going to start spelling out um, shit for however long Tom Brady is in there. Like, I'm just going to start with S and then H and then I for each year that he continues to play. And then once we get to T, it'll just be an extra T for each year that he continues to play once he hits 50. You can, you can start going to exclamation points, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a game of horse for every year that he defies uh, human physics and yeah, I can't physiology. Um, and in turn, he's a pretty good way down your board, right? He's number 15 in the quarterback ranks. And overwhelmingly, it's the fact that he is older than dirt and doesn't move except for on third and one sneaks that is dragging him down. Those are the two yep. categories where he is sitting as a one and he mm -hmm. is a four or higher in all of the other ones. Yep. Um, so steering us back to the, uh, the, the matter at hand, the questions that we intended to discuss, um, the last question here for the first round is specifically to do with the concept of these rankings that you have toiled over that are the labor of your love and how they compare to other published rankings or ECR out there. Um, you know, as you're going through the process of building this out and, you know, looking at the, the output that it spits out, how much does kind of consensus out there, other published rankings sort of influence how you tweak this, or is it really more so you've put in the work to build this and you don't really care what anybody else thinks your, your degree of confidence in this rankings are incredibly high. Yeah, it's a great question, Eric. I think with degree of confidence is, is probably pretty low, but I think the motivating factor for doing this and, and wanting to draft off this or trade off of this is like fantasy football is supposed to be fun. To me, it's more fun when you draft players that you like. What this has helped me do specifically is maybe take some of that subjectivity out of it just a little bit and put more objectivity into it so that when I am drafting or trying to make a trade, I've got these rankings of like where these people lie, and then I can use it as a almost a comparison for ECR or keep trade cut or something like that to really kind of to dive into that does that answer that question yeah it, it does um and as as has been the case all night it it prompts another one so um you know maybe to whatever level of specificity you can you can recall um what are some instances where your model was different from ecr and you were able to take advantage of that either in a draft or ideally in a trade scenario? Oh, that's a good question. Specifically the trade aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, drafting is pretty straight up, right? You're higher than yeah. someone. You're going to, you're going to take them over, over anyone else on the board. 
Um, the the trade side, I think, is is really interesting. Yeah, and I'm I'm still perfecting it, honestly, on the the trade side of things. Huh. I'm just going to use one specific player, um, and that's that's T Higgins. I've got him at wide receiver sixteen. Honestly, that's probably lower than how I truly value him. But there's some, I mean, there's good names in front of him. Like, really good names. And, like, hell, I've got Debo Samuel at wide receiver five. I don't even agree with that in my own head, to be honest with you. But that's what the model says. So, T. Higgins is probably a name that, like, I've got him at wide receiver 16. You and I talked, actually. I think you've got him at wide receiver 12, if I remember correctly. Because I tried I to you, trade you. You for tried him. to pry him away from me, and I and was like, I I don't have a reasonable valuation on. No, TV. and I thought I had sent you a, a decently <laughs> fair offer, and you were like, Yeah, no, I'm way higher on T Higgins than I was. Like, Damn. Uh, but that's probably the the best example I can give is is T Higgins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, specifically with T Higgins, when when you texted me that name, I was like, Look, you're you're probably going to send me a very fair offer and I'm not going to take it. And I, I know that this is a flaw in my, in my own worldview and I'm comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to think about this as, as a trade tool. It makes me wonder if, I mean, if, if we have a quantitative output on all of these guys that this model spits out, have you ever considered putting, a quantitative value on like future draft picks and kind of spinning this out into a trade tool as well. Not yet. It seems like all roads are leading there though, right? Like ultimately. Yeah, probably, but I'm not smart enough to create my own trade calculator. So it may just be like a trade value chart, not necessarily a, a calculator, but someone who's smarter than me can take these and, and make them into that. However they want. Um, I think too. I think the reason for that too is like it's still probably just a little bit too qualitative, like too much Shane, if you will, in those rankings, and not enough of the actual statistics or even better film evaluation than mine. Because I, I would consider myself a film guy over analytics. In, in my opinion, if you're not doing both, then you're doing fantasy football wrong in general. But that's another, probably another conversation for another day. But I think ultimately, I rely more on what I see than the statistics of it because I don't, there's certain statistics. I, I'll be honest, I don't understand them. And so I think what I want to ultimately do is keep some of that, that qualitative, subjective, feedback or, or grading in the the model but then continue to slowly kind of pepper in different quantitative and, and true number like like you were talking about earlier with opportunity share versus target number like actually pepper that into the model and make it more specific yeah yeah that that makes sense um i just i'm i'm personally drooling over the idea of this evolving into a trade tool, right? Maybe not a calculator, but just something to where, you know, you can also much like you did, you know, with the origin story of these rankings, right? Like a place to capture the thoughts in your head about how you evaluate future picks. Um, and, you know, that way you can kind of have a straight line understanding of, you know, how player X compares to future picks, you know, Y and Z. 
Um, so that might be something that Shane and I text back and forth about over the days and weeks to come. I think that wraps up this episode. Eric, I'm going to take over bartending duties for just a small minute. Get on back here. And ask you, where can people find you on Twitter? And is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah. Um, as you so neatly did and flexed your StreamYard knowledge to me, uh, you just pulled down my banner so you can follow me over here at FantasyNav on Twitter. It's where basically all of the random places that I hang out on the internet are consolidated at FantasyNav. Shoutouts, we are ramping up our um, registration process for Pros with Joe's 3. More information coming out on that in the coming days and weeks. Anyone who wants to get a head start, the registration forms are already live on the website. So at Pros with Joe's on Twitter, proswithjoes.com. If you want to get out in front of the rush from when we start promoting it and my current favorite project, at least where I'm spending the vast majority of my free time and headspace is green screens media, get green screens on Twitter and on TikTok. If you're over on YouTube, green screens media, we are covering all things niche sports and DFS right now. We are on a huge college basketball kick. We are interviewing beat reporters from all of the major programs. We've got, Duke and UNC queued up for this week. We have got the champion Kansas Jayhawks queued up for this week. Several more to come multiple times every single week. So get green screens or at get green screens on Twitter and on TikTok is the best place to follow to find all of the work that we're doing over there. I'm just bitter. Sorry, because Auburn peaked at the wrong time this year. So, well, you get to have the first overall pick in the draft and Jamari Smith. So that's a nice. Concept. I would love for him to go first overall. I don't know if he actually will. I think he should. Mm-hmm. His upside is Kevin Durant level, easily. Right. Um, but I I don't know if he'll actually end up going there. I I if I remember correctly from from different projections, I I think he'll end up going third. Which I'm fine third to Houston. Let's go. I'll take him on the sprockets. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Eric, you did a wonderful job as bartender. Congratulations. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, this will actually end up being on YouTube at uh, the Fantasy Nightcap, which we just hit our 100 subscriber mark, so I can finally change that URL. Um, get, weird, get rid of that weird UID in your URL. Oh, Lord, it's, it's bad. It's like URX7V34PySign. Yep. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Um, so we'll we'll be changing that very very shortly. I just need a couple a uh, couple of things changed real quick. But um, make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. It is the Fantasy Nightcap, and then make sure you follow me on Twitter at ffshaneb, and you can follow the show at Fantasy Nightcap. This show is on all of your preferred podcasting networks. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, because I've been working my ass off. Um, to get you there. So make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you follow on your preferred podcasting network. If you're feeling generous, please leave a review. Um, the whole goal of this show is to give you fantasy information from a, a different aspect, I guess, to make you truly feel like you're just sitting at the bar with a couple buddies listening and, and drinking beer. So hope you guys enjoyed. 
This was a really fun episode for me, and I hope for Eric as well, who you guys should follow at FantasyNav on Twitter. And this is Fantasy Nightcap, where we serve you fantasy advice. Straight. Ooh, chase.